This morning, we are actually wrapping up the sermon series that we have been in looking at the Sabbath. And the title of my message this morning is Sabbath and Worship. Because ultimately, that's the point of all of this. That the invitation that we have this year to walk into, to live into communal worship, it's an invitation, communal Sabbath, it's an invitation to worship. And so that's what we're going to spend our time focusing on this morning. I have to say, a thing that has become really important for me is the way our church, over the history of our church, has been growing in the area of Sabbath. So I will confess to you all, you all know, those of you who go to this church and know this church and know our pastor, you know that Sabbath has always been important to him. And the practice of Sabbath, for us as a people, has always been important to this church. Amen? You also know that I helped start this church, right? I'm going to confess to you (laughs) that for the first few years of this church, I said, yeah, that's good. Did I do it? No, no. But I I thought it was great. I thought it was wonderful that so many of you were. (laughs) And I was so happy to encourage you in that practice. (laughs) And so I, too, (laughs) have grown to understand. I've gone from somebody who was like, yeah, 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 no, 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 that's great. That's great. To someone who can't live without it. I feel that thing when I'm not able to have my Sabbath. This past week, I couldn't have my Sabbath. And ooh, mm mm-mm. I, I, I get I get angry about it. And so in this 14th year, as we are leaning into this, I hope that you will be encouraged that the point of this year is not that you on the other side of it will be able to say, I perfectly practiced the Sabbath. I have nailed it. That is not the point. The point is that you will lean in. The point is that you will submit to what the Spirit is doing in you and in all of us, that we together will continue to grow in this practice so that a few years later, somebody who's sitting here right now saying, that's yeah, no, that's cute for y'all, will be saying, I can't live without it. Amen? And that doesn't happen individually. That happens like as us together as a people continue to grow into this. So uh, we're going to look at our passage this morning. We're going to be in uh, Mark chapter 2. And we will read, I will read for you verses 23 to 28. So I invite you to make your way there, either on your device or in your Bible, your physical Bible. And then once you're there, I invite you to stand as you're able for the reading of God's word. So beginning with verse 23, it says, On the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some of the heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is the word of God. Amen. You can have a seat. So in this brief passage, we find some Pharisees taking issue with Jesus because of the actions of his disciples. They are upset because the disciples have dared to pick food and eat it on the Sabbath. And this, in their eyes, 
the picking of the food, the picking of the wheat, it constitutes work. And so therefore it was forbidden. And the response of these particular Pharisees is not on my watch. And more importantly, and more to the point, Jesus, how dare you allow this to happen on your watch? Don't you see what they are doing? Why would you let them do something that is unlawful? Because you see, to their minds, if the disciples had not prepared a snack for their journey the day before Sabbath, then in this moment, the right response is to be hungry. Next time, you'll do better. (laughs) What was most important to the Pharisees was that the disciples, was that all of the people of Israel live in accordance, act in accordance with the letter of the law. No work on the Sabbath. And so this is why Jesus' response is particularly interesting. Jesus does not challenge whether or not one is supposed to work on the Sabbath. He doesn't go there at all with the Pharisees. He knows the law. Instead, he changes the focus of the conversation away from what the letter of the law is to what the intent of the law is. In the example that Jesus gives about David eating the bread of presence because he and his, his men were hungry and desperate, what Jesus makes clear is that it is never against God's will that hungry people have something to eat. And I think that the weight of, of this, these verses, um, it really hits us when we consider the verses that come before. So in, in verses 18 to 20, there are some people who've been sort of watching Jesus and watching the disciples. Uh, they, they approach Jesus and they ask him why it is that his disciples are not fasting when the disciples of both John and all of the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting. And Jesus responds that one does not fast when the bridegroom is with them. Essentially, he tells them, yeah, there is a time for fasting and there is a time for feasting. This is not the time for fasting. So you figure out which time it is. And when we think about this, those, this story, this example, in the context of the passage for this morning, I imagine Jesus saying to the Pharisees, you want to talk about how they're not doing Sabbath right. Do you not see that the Lord of Sabbath is with them? So when my kids were young, because I am who I am, I, it was my duty to make sure that I could chaperone every field trip. I don't suggest that anybody take that approach to life, but that was, that's where my head was. So any field trip they went on, I wanted to be the chaperone. Now, when you chaperone your kids on a field trip, when kids go on field trips, there's all kinds of rules that are set, right? There's ways they want the kids to move. There are things they can't do. There are things they can do. And the point of that is to keep the kids safe because it's only a handful of adults (laughs) trying to make sure that all these little people are doing what they need to do. Well, when you chaperone and you're with your kids, there's sometimes where you, you know, Yes, we said we are not buying anything because that's the, but, and I always got approval from the teacher. So I'm not, I went crazy, but like there were some things that, you know, when, when, when people are headed to the bus or people are going here, there might be a little time where I can take my kids and I can do something else. Right. So when I read this passage, what I imagine is somebody coming up to me, right? I've consulted with the principal. The principal has said, it's all right, go ahead. And, and you guys, if you got your kids, you can go over here. And I get there and someone tell my children, what are you doing? You're supposed to be on the bus. I'm like, do you not see me? 
yes, children are on the bus. (laughs) Do you not see me with my children? (laughs) Right? You are so concerned about the letter of the law. You are so concerned with making sure these people are doing it right, getting it right. Do you not see (laughs) that the Lord of the Sabbath is, I'm right here. If it was a problem, I promise you I would say something. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. Yes, the law is good. And Jesus made it very clear that he didn't come to abolish the law. But that is because he himself was the fulfillment of the law. And so I thought of this when, when Pastor Pete was giving his example about the ice cream cone, right? Like that sounds asinine. But then when he explains why they created the law in the first place, I'm like, okay, I I guess I can kind of see that. But that's how we treat the Sabbath. We come up with all of these prescriptions, all of these ways it must be done, must not be done. And that becomes for us the point. There is no reason why you can still not carry an ice cream cone in the back of your pocket in 2024, right? Except that we get precious about our laws. In this series, one of the things that I was most struck by was when Pastor Cindy, and this would have been two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, but when she pointed out in her sermon, the way that we think about the Ten Commandments, all the other ones, we would all agree as people of God, that yeah, we're supposed to, yeah, no, no, that still, that feels like it's still relevant for us today, right? God still doesn't want us to lie, kill, steal, right? But when it comes to the Sabbath, that's the one that we relegate to the past. And we treat it like, oh, well, that's kind of like that ice cream cone in the back of a pocket. I'm sure that the Lord doesn't want us to do that anymore. Our explanation is, well, no, no, no. When it comes to that, now we're under grace. (laughs) But the point of grace, the gift of grace is not that it does away with the law. There are things that we are called to do. There are things we are called not to do. The gift of grace is that our inability to keep the law perfectly is covered. That when we miss the mark, when we miss the mark, because we will, we can get up, dust ourselves off, and try again. Because we are covered by the blood of the one who did keep the law perfectly and who was the fulfillment of the law. I think that one of the gifts of Sabbath is that it invites us to become keenly aware of that exact truth. That on this side of glory, we do fail and we do struggle and we do wrestle and time And time and time and time and time again, we are invited because of the gift of grace to get up, dust ourselves off, and try again. The Pharisees were not wrong. Picking grain on the Sabbath is work. To keep the Sabbath perfectly, one must perfectly prepare in advance so that all necessary preparations have been made. To keep the Sabbath perfectly, one must make sure that they have clarified exactly what does and does not constitute as work so that they make sure they are not working on the Sabbath. But God's invitation to Sabbath is not an invitation to futile worry and stress about perfection. That would not be a gift. (laughs) 
It's an invitation to experience God's goodness and the loving way that he provides for each and every one of us. And not just in some general way, the specific and unique ways that he provides for you and for me. It's an opportunity to step into a space where we we feel that thing. We experience it tangibly. There are ways that God is kind to me on Sabbath that are, it's just because it's who I am. For many of you, Sabbath is an opportunity to really lean into studying the word. And maybe you lean into prayer. There may be all kinds of spiritual practices and disciplines that you lean into on the Sabbath. And that is good as long as it is an invitation by God. Amen. All right. For me, my little one type one, type A, all the, I I need to be right all the time. I need to make sure I'm doing it right. The invitation for me on Sabbath is to chill out. (laughs) You, the Lord, I hear him all the time. You need to, you need to play, rest, sit down, watch something you like. That's what Sabbath looks like for me because it's a way that God is providing, not in a general way, but providing for me, showing his loving kindness towards me, towards his precious little, bless my precious little heart self who feels like I need to be right. I got to be on it. I got to be. And God says, Chill out. Chill out in the name of Jesus. Chill out. (laughs) And so in this way, even the preparations that we make before Sabbath, and and we do. Today is Sunday. There's some things I got to do today to try to make sure that tomorrow I get to have my Sabbath, especially since I did not get to have it this week and I'm still upset about it. But there's some things that I got to do, right? But even the preparation before the day of Sabbath is meant to serve us. It helps us to more fully appreciate God's gift of rest by making it even more obvious how much we need it. It's not meant to become yet another hurdle to jump through or a, another measuring stick to, to stand up against and say, am I, am I measuring up? Am I measuring up? No. Every part of Sabbath, it is for our good. Last week when we had our Q&A, I loved the questions that were asked. So I was hungry. And so in the moment, I didn't love them. I will t- I'm going to be honest and confess right now. In the moment, I was in another space. But once I had time to reflect, I'm like, God, we, I love our little church. I love our church. Because the kinds of questions that were raised were good questions. People ask questions about what does it look like for me to practice Sabbath when we live in a society that does not honor Sabbath? (laughs) How do we make space for Sabbath for those who can't just take a day off? How do we acknowledge the fact that the ability to say, I'm going to step away from work is something that everybody doesn't have the ability to do? That is good. There are consequences to practicing Sabbath. Sometimes there are professional consequences to practicing Sabbath. In the book, Sabbath as Resistance, Walter Brueggemann argues that the practice of Sabbath does not just, it's not just a one day thing. It should impact all the other days of the week. And those questions, the questions that were raised by many of you, I think that is an example of why this is true. Because see, not only does practicing Sabbath make us keenly aware of our own limitations and our own need for rest, but it can also make us keenly aware of the contours of the empire we all live and work under. 
by creating space for us to slow down and recognize the fact that everybody can't slow down. By creating an invitation for us to slow down and stop and take our hands off of a thing and live in that tension of people saying, no, 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 you can't do that. You need to keep your hands on it all the time. When we practice Sabbath well, we enter into rest and then we should also become a little bit angry about the folk who cannot enter into rest. When we together, not just individually, but when we together as a community, community practice Sabbath well, we can start to lean into some of those questions. What does it look like for us to live in such a way that other people are invited into Sabbath? How could our practice of Sabbath impact this community that we live in? Practicing Sabbath is tangible. (laughs) Because again, it was created for our good. And this is why I think the legalism of the Pharisees in this passage is so dangerous. If my focus is primarily on getting Sabbath right, then Sabbath becomes not much more than either a gold star that I get to put on my personal righteousness chart or another lash on my back in self-flagellation. But if the focus is on entering into what Heschel calls a sanctuary in time that is built for my good, for your good, for our good, by the Lord of the Sabbath, then every moment of the Sabbath is an opportunity to see and experience more of God's heart for us and for God's heart for his people. The Pharisees were caught up in the legalism of Sabbath, such that they missed the point of it. Their focus was on what to do or not do, rather than on whom they get to do it with. And here's what I think is most important for us to hold on to as we enter into this year of honoring Sabbath together as a community. The temptation that you and I face on this side of glory is to reject Jesus in favor of our constructions. We will reject the Lord of the Sabbath in favor of our little constructions of what Sabbath should look like. We'll reject the leading of the Holy Spirit if it leads us away from the little G-gods that we have made in our own images. And we see this time and time again. Our temptation is to make golden calves. Our temptation is to say, okay, I got it, God, I'll take it from here. And you will be tempted in the days and the weeks and the months to come to lean more into trying to figure out, well, does this count as work? Does this not count as work? Is this Sabbath? Is this not Sabbath? Oh, shoot, I didn't get it right. You will be tempted to go there instead of leaning into your community and seeing this as play. We get to joyfully together figure out what this is going to look like for our community and for us. It is good. And so as we lean into Sabbath this year, we're not leaning into legalism. We are leaning into time, to communion, to fellowship with each other and with the Lord of the Sabbath. We don't lean into a set of practices that someone said was the right thing to do. I'm positive. Like the panel last week was awesome. But I am almost 100% certain that at least some of you 
if not most of you, listen to that panel and begin to make like little checklists. Like, okay, 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 so they said they do that. I do that too. Okay, I think that's good. Oh, shoot, I don't do that. Oh my gosh. I'm positive that at least some of you at some point, instead of hearing what they were saying, you started measuring yourself against what they were saying. It's our temptation. (laughs) And so the invitation this year is to remember that what we are practicing together is honoring the Lord of the Sabbath. What we are practicing together is growing together, listening together, discerning what God is calling each of us into. Me stepping into my Sabbath of play that might look different than your Sabbath of study is necessary for all of us to live fully into what Sabbath is. It enhances our worship of the one who said, I have created Sabbath for your good. That's what we get to lean into. I think that at least part of the division that we see in the church right now is because of our tendency to want to lean into legalism and not lean into the Lord of the Sabbath. And ultimately, really what this is, is fear. We would rather be right then lean into the God who says, make every effort to preserve the unity of the church. We would rather figure out, well, that means A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And I've done A, B, C, D. I just got to do E, F, and G. We would rather do that than lean into a God who says, look, this is a relationship. You're going to have to talk to me if you want to know what to do. This is a relationship. You're going to have to spend time with me if you want to know how I'm moving. This is a relationship. You can't just reduce me to a list of do this, don't do this. My invitation is to be with you. And so the invitation for us is to resist the temptation toward fear and lean into the God who says, I created the Sabbath for man and not man for the Sabbath. We have been delivered from legalism. Amen. We are being delivered from legalism. Amen. (laughs) And this year, I guarantee you that there are going to be moments where you feel the pull of it. And so my invitation to you is to name that. That's one of the things we get to do this year. We get to name that. We get to name our temptations. We get to name our failures. We get to name our fears. And then together we get to support each other and point each other back. Not to the A, B, C, D, E, F, G's of Sabbath, but to the Lord of Sabbath. Who says, this is an invitation to worship me all the more. One of the, the, the worship songs, and I'm coming to a close, that we sang this morning, like, King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. And as we sang that, and oh, y'all sounded so good this morning. Oh, y'all sounded good this morning. I know God was like, oh, yes. As we sang those lyrics, as we sang that line, I just, I got a little overwhelmed because I imagined the King of glory. The one who created the heavens and the earth, looking down and singing that right back to us. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I have created a day of rest. I have created a sanctuary in time. I have given you an invitation to something that is so good because I just want to be with you. And I want you to know what it feels like to be with me. And I want you to have an opportunity to be with me in a way that carries you, not just on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 
That's the invitation. That's what it means to worship and Sabbath. Amen.